Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Leslie Said What. Guys, I cannot believe we are still in season three. Like, it still blows my mind every week that to say that we are in season three. Now, guys, tune in tonight. For those of you who are watching, I'm so glad you're here because, guys, tonight, this show is going to rock your world a little bit. I'm, I'm just going to say, because what I have done is I have ta- pulled in my dear friend, Carolyn, Okay, and she is going to talk to you guys about her life and things that she's encountered that has forced her to embrace what is, okay? And I know that is something that we all struggle with, something we all have to deal with. So yeah, so stay tuned. Okay, so real quick, let's get all the housekeeping things out of the way. So for those of you who are just joining us or who are new to Leslie Said What, just know that you can join the conversation in the comments below. All you have to do is comment and we're going to pull your comment up here. We'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. If you have any questions, any concerns, questions for Carolyn, questions for me, feel free to comment below because hello, we want you to wait for it. Join the conversation guys. So again, Carolyn's going to be talking to us us tonight about embracing what is, and you guys have to hear this. Like this girl's life is I promise it could be a story, a movie, a little bit of lifetime, a little bit of everything. I'm just saying. Okay. So tune in, tune in. Tonight's apparel shout out is from Hughes Shop. Okay. So if you guys go to HughesShop.com, you can get this amazing, comfortable t-shirt. I mean, not t-shirt, hoodie, guys. It's lit. It's lit. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. So anyway, check out HughesShop.com and grab this, this hoodie. It's lit. Okay, that's all I got to say, because I'm telling you, I never felt nothing this warm in my life. I could keep the thing on forever. I'm just saying. So definitely check that out. Okay, so I see somebody in the comments. Here we go. Hey, Tina. Glad you're here, girl. And Crystal, glad you guys are here. You guys have to hear this story this week. It's going to (sighs) be lit. Guys, I just have to keep this going. I know I said for four Mondays, but each time we finish the show. I find somebody else I want to contact to bring their story on and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. So this is going to be just lit. I'm going to have to keep it going longer. Um, Laura, hello. Hello, my dear. I love you. I love you. You know, I do. All right, guys. So without further ado, I am going to bring on you guys ready for this. Okay. Miss Carolyn Manning. Hi. Hey, Carolyn. (laughs) How are you? I am doing well. Ah, I'm so glad that you are here. Like, I'm telling you, people have no idea. Like, they need to hear your story. So, Carolyn, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? So, um, obviously, my name is Carolyn. I am a mom of three boys. My oldest is 14 and my youngest is seven. I am a wife. Um, Really, I'm a jack of all trades. Um, I'm not going to bother trying to go through all the accolades because we'd be here (laughs) just all night. Um, I work with special needs children as a behavioral therapist, and I am Sunday school director of our church, Revival Centers. Hi to anybody there that's watching tonight. Um, I work with the youth, and I, any, really anywhere I can plug myself into, I work with the local Little League, um, with my husband and my boys, and so yeah, I'm kind of you know, <laughs> always busy. <laughs> a little bit of everything going on, right? A little bit of everything. And I foster puppies right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were just in it all, Carolyn. Yeah. Yes. Well, Carolyn, so tonight we are talking about embracing what is. And Carolyn, I know that this is a topic that all of us struggle with. 
all of us, whether we want to deal with it or not, have to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. Because honestly, it comes to a point where at some point in our lives, the stuff that we're dealt with, we can't just pray away. We can't just uh, wish away. We have to end up just embracing what is. Now, Carolyn, I know and people need to know that you have a plethora of examples in your life that you has caused you now to embrace what is. Now, I know part of it, Carolyn, like um, I was saying uh, while we were off air, is that, you know, there are lots of things that get to the point where we have to embrace what is. But guys, what you don't know that Carolyn did not mention is the fact that all three of her boys have... Go ahead, Carolyn. <laughs> well... All of them are qualified special needs, but two of my boys uh, have autism. They are on the autism spectrum. Yes. And I know that we have several moms watching um, who I shared a little bit about, but not just that, guys. Not just that. Okay? So we're not focusing just on those things that she has to deal with as far as being a mom of children with special needs. There's a plethora of things. So, Carolyn, what I want you to do is I want you to pick the one time it doesn't even have to be one time, but something specific that you know that like, it's just not going to go anywhere. You had to get to a point where you had to embrace that this is what it is. Well, <clears throat> since you brought it up, I mean, I will at least start with uh, my boy's diagnosis. Um, that is, I think, probably one of the biggest impacts that I've had to kind of embrace as an adult, but as a mom, uh, because we taking it back a little bit to uh, at least the history, uh, the family history of both me and my husband, we do not have autism in our family. So when my oldest was two, we just thought it was terrible twos. (laughs) It was just a lot of behaviors, first baby. So, you know, first child. So of course you get a lot of unsolicited input and advice when you're a mom. And, um, at that time, my husband was actually deployed in Afghanistan. And so I was kind of a single parent at the time while he was uh, across the waters fighting for our country. And uh, my oldest was diagnosed at two. And it was like, uh, it was like a whirlwind, really, like a truck hit hit. Because you, I wasn't very familiar with special needs in general, let alone autism. And so that really took um, a lot of, you know, research and things like that and adjustment um, on our part, also dealing with an employment, uh, deployment at that time. And so then when my second son was diagnosed uh, two years later, they were complete polar opposites. So yeah, I really, like when they told me, oh, we think it's autism, I was like, but he's, they're so different. And even then I was still learning that it truly is a spectrum, but, um, you know, it's, it's looking back now, or if you could fast forward to, to, you know, today, um, my approach to it has always been number one, I want to be an advocate for my child. Um, because a diagnosis is, is just a label. It, it really is. And so uh, now, like I said, my oldest is is 14 and, you know, we embrace autism in our house. Normal is just wishful thinking. There is nothing normal. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, you know, 
obviously it is something that uh, at the time I, I was not uh, in church or anything like that. But of course, my my dad was and, you know, uh, heavy prayer for my family and things like that. And I, I can't lie and say that there weren't times that I prayed for for my boys. But, I, you know, just coming to realize that this this diagnosis, it's 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 not a death sentence. And the circumstances, while it is rough, while it can be challenging at times, we've learned to uh, embrace it and learn from it and make the best of what it what it really is. And so that wasn't just for me. That was really just a, fi a family dynamic that we had to incorporate into our day-to-day -day lives. Otherwise, we'd probably pull our hairs out and I would have nothing but gray hair. <laughs> yeah. Now, Carolyn, when you said that your husband was um, in Afghanistan, now he was in Afghanistan when the first one, when your first son was diagnosed with autism and when your second son was diagnosed with autism? So not when my second son, but um, when my first son was diagnosed, um, my second son was only a few months old and mm -hmm. he was hospitalized for something completely different. Um, they uh, thought he was having abnormal or um, non-clinical seizures, which are seizures you cannot physically see. Um, and when you have a baby, they stare off into the distance. They don't convulse or anything like that. And so there was a lot of challenges, not just my oldest being diagnosed, but my youngest was delayed um, in hitting his milestones. He had a right side, left side deficit. Um, so we had a lot of, I mean, we went from just having a two-year-old, a newborn baby, and to all of a sudden my husband's gone, my two-year-old's diagnosed with autism. My youngest child is needing physical therapy for his um, stuff, um, conditions, doctor's appointments. And so then we had ABA therapy and speech therapy. And I mean, there was a point in time with just my oldest two children that we had 13 therapies a week mm. that we would cycle through. Oh, Carolyn. Um, and oh. so I, my calendar would be full and it would be color coded uh, because, you know, once they uh, graduated from early intervention to, uh, the three-year pre-K system into the educational system between them going to school and just therapies. It was just, we lived and breathed pretty much, you know, taking care of our children in every aspect that they could possibly need. And then when my, um, my husband didn't get out of the military until oh, shortly after my third son was born in 2015. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, being a military wife obviously adds its own challenges. And so I really had to learn how to just, you know, put on my boots and strap them up and just get going. And I still kind of laugh because there's many people that have, when they learn a little bit about my family and my story, um, one of the comments I hear the most is, I don't know how you do it. And I always chuckle at that because I always think to myself, well, I didn't know I had a choice because <laughs> I mean, my children need me and my husband needs me. And so I really didn't even second, I, I think back, I didn't even second guess it. It's just when I was approached with these situations, you know, I guess I could have decided not to advocate or not to step up, but it would be, it would have been at the expense of my children and their, their, really their lives. So I really did have to embrace everything 
that was thrown at us and just kind of learn to roll with the punches. So, yeah. Now, I, now and Carolyn, when you're saying you had to take them to 13, like you cycle between 13 therapies a week, you said? Yeah. Wow. Now. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, I know that like at one point when you and I had talked prior, you had said something about people, especially this and guys listen to this, by the way, because this is something that everybody needs to hear. Um, that you had said that like um people say that god only gives special needs children to those who can handle it <laughs> what um what? i mean i i don't even agree with the comment that god doesn't give you more than you can handle because <laughs> scripture where it says that because i i don't i don't know where 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 that is I, i'd be curious but yes the, the phrase god only gives special needs kids to special people. I, I understand the sentiment behind it, but the, to be honest, there is nothing special about me. There was nothing special about me when I gave birth to my oldest son. If anything, any, if you could say that I'm special in any ways, I did not gain that until I, until I had my children. And really they are even, I don't even consider them special needs. They are just my children. And so I remember, um, you know, there have been times where I have received that, uh, you know, people have prayed for my children and, you know, even in prayer, I, I've told God, like, God, don't, don't hold it against me as a lack of faith. If I can't envision my children without autism, because I don't look at my children and see a label. I look at my children and I see my children, the autism is just a small piece of them. You know, it doesn't, it's not their identity. And I don't raise my children to even embrace autism as their identity. They know it is something that, um, you know, they, they will have to, they have to figure out and navigate. But honestly, my oldest, he really didn't know what autism was until he was like nine. And it wasn't because it was like this big hidden secret. It was because it, to me, it, you know, it just, it didn't identify him. And mm -hmm. we had that conversation mm -hmm. when he was ready. And so even now, you know, he doesn't go around saying, Hey, I'm, you know, autistic. Um, he just, I'm James. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so my, my kids, you know, it's just uh, the, the whole God does, you know, doesn't give it to special people. That one, I, I, I would have to politely disagree um, <laughs> with that one. <laughs> um, and even if I were to take away the special needs part and God doesn't, you know, for the, those that say, well, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I'm the person that's just like, well, God, can you trust me a little less than? Because <laughs> <laughs> My God, I appreciate I appreciate the uh, the trust that you have in me as your servant. But um, you know, could we could we have some cool down time? Just, just a yes. little bit. Yes, I yes, I hear you. <laughs> so well said. Um, Lisa says, "Hey, hello, Lisa. Hello, Sister Becky. Um, hello, Clem. Um, Laura says it's not a death sentence. Love it." That's that was so well said. Yes, beautifully said. It's really not. Um, she says, yes, a label. And I like how you said that too, Carolyn. When you were like, I'm not gonna label my children as yeah, they have autism, but mm -hmm. I'm not gonna label them as that's their identity. That's not who they are. 
Now, Carolyn, have you ever gotten to the point where you you prayed and you said, Lord, could you make it so that my kids aren't autistic anymore? Could you heal them from autism? Ha have you struggled with that? Because, you know, like we're taught growing up, especially in church world, you know, no offense to anybody watching, but in the church world, we're often told, pray, God's a healer. He'll take it away. But like in situations like this, where you have, you know, multiple children who are autistic and you're like, you know, you're praying and you said, Lord, can you please just heal them from this? And how, how do you handle that? Like, have you done that? And like, what, what is your, your take on that? When you ask God to deliver them from this autism and he has it, like, how, how do you handle that? So I, I have, um, you know, I do pray over my children and I have had, uh, candid conversations with God because he knows one, he knows what you're thinking anyway. So what you might as well say it, <laughs> you know, who, who are we kidding? It's um, true. So I, I have had candid conversations on, you know, there are some days um, where it, it is tough. You know, you really are in, um, in the trenches. My, um, especially for different time periods with uh, my oldest son, you know, there was a point where, you know, he had to be put in residential treatment for a while to get the help he needed. And that's when we learned that not only does he have autism and ADHD, he also has um, DDMD, which is disruptive dysregulated mood disorder. Again, just another label. But um, it was really, there was nothing I could do. I had reached the end of myself where even though I had advocate, you know, advocated as much as I could, you know, we did the therapies and stuff you know, as a parent, I still had to realize that it wasn't in my control there, you know, really there's nothing that we can, we can control. And so, but there have been times where I have prayed and, um, I guess over the years, my prayer regarding God touching my children has really changed. And now when I, I still pray for them, but it's, it's more along the lines of, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, I tell God, I know that he, number one, he is God overall. He is God over uh, me and my children and over everybody, whether they're a believer or non-believer. And, you know, sometimes I, I get frustrated because uh, with my second son, he is um, on the severe side of the autism spectrum. So he is 12 mentally. He is still around six or seven and in his, uh, you know, understanding and cognitive ability. And there's times where I'm like, God, how do I share who you are with him to where mm. he can understand? And so when I talk to God, I just say, you know what, God, you know how to reach my son where, where in ways that I can't, you can, because God, God is bigger than autism. He's bigger than any label or diagnosis that any person or we could Amen. receive. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I do have faith. I have absolute faith and confidence that if it is God's will to, to take away autism from my kids, that he will do it. But I am not so stuck on, well, God, you absolutely have to do this, you know, and if you don't, well, then, you know, you're wrong or you just want my kids to suffer or me to suffer, you know. I have learned so much from my kids and I love them exactly how they are. And I've really come to the point where even if my children forever have autism, 
I'm going to love them the same. And my faith in God isn't going to change whether he, he removes it or not, because I guess, you know, for some people I can understand how, like I said, even me, where sometimes I'm like, well, God, how would, will Christopher live a full life if he has to deal with this disability? You know, it, it is a, it is a, tr a truthful statement that Christopher um, very well is going to have to have care the rest of his life. And as a parent, that is another thing that I've had to embrace because in a way I've had to mourn the life that I envisioned for my children when I decided I wanted to be a parent. You know, when we, no matter, even as just humans, you know, when we grow up, especially when we're little kids, we envision like what we're going to do uh, for a job, for a career, what our life's going to be like. I mean, we pick out the house, the drapes, the furniture, the cars. We, um, we pick out everything. And so uh, it really em embracing really took me realizing that I do not have control over uh any of that. And, um, you know, it just, for Christopher, God, I know that God can reach him exactly where, you know, in ways that I, I couldn't imagine. And it doesn't take a, um, I don't even know the word for it. <laughs> um, you know, even if Christopher, even if James, even if, you know, I guess at the end of the day, even if they, forever have autism. Um, you know, I don't think God thinks badly upon us when we have those candid conversations about him. I think if anything, he wants us to have those conversations with him because like I said, he already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what you're feeling. So just be honest, uh, to be honest with him and, you know, um, really allow your situation to develop what he is trying to develop, you know, from it. So Sorry wow. for that. <laughs> it's okay. You have me tearing up because wow. Like when you said that, like, you know, dealing with your, you know, with Christopher and his it, um, sorry. Woo. Okay. Dealing with Christopher and the fact that you know that like he will need long-term care. You will have to always, you know, take care of him. The fact that you said I had to mourn the life I imagined I would have. I would have when I decided to have children. You had to mourn that life you thought you were going to have. Yeah. And that is so deep. Like, it, like that really resonates because it's so true. Like getting to that point of acceptance, it's almost like, you know, the stages of grief, you yeah, know, it really is. you know, you go through denial and then acceptance and then, you know, anger, all those different things. Like it literally, you had to almost go through those things in the course of finding all this out. Now, yeah. Carolyn, before we shift to um, to another part you want to share, um, what advice would you give moms who are like, you know, new moms who had no idea that this was in the game, like you had just said, um, they find out they have either a child with autism or special needs or multiple children in your like in your situation with multiple children with special needs. How how what would you say to them? Like, what is the best advice that you could give them? Um, the best advice that I could give to them would be to focus, to focus on your child. And what I mean by that is it's really, it's really hard and I, and it's undeniably a shock 
it's like you know uh just the shock wave that kind of it has ripple effects in, in in not only your life but your family and, and dynamic and everything else but really um you know your children are more than any label or diagnosis that they can get and at the end of the day while it, you might have to do a little bit more you know in regards to therapy and stuff your essential duty as a mom is still the same. And that is to love and take care of your children. And it can to really just be honest with yourself. One thing that I wish I would have done in the beginning, um, because sadly with everything going on, I really neglected to take care of myself in those times. Mm -hmm. Because I had to focus so much of my energy on my on my kids and my family. And I did not, I could not break. And I knew that. But realizing that we have to take care of ourselves too. That is very much important. If, if you know, it's, I've, I've heard the reference said many, many times, you know, when you're in an airplane and they say, hey, if the oxygen masks come down, Put it, if for those with small children, put it on yourself first before you put it on your child. You know, the same applies to, to life. Um, and just don't, don't judge yourself. I guess that would be the second biggest thing. Um, because it's nothing you did that caused it. And there's nothing you could have done to prevent it. Sometimes it is just what it is. And it's easy to get caught up in, oh, I maybe if I would have done something different or, you know, there's a lot of, um, not, also the nicest way I can say it is there's some uh, non-evidence-based information out there um, and opinions out there that, you know, that like to try to point the finger. And it is a rabbit hole you do not even need to bother going down because at the end of the day, you have the, you know, you have your child that you need to take care of. Um and so it's not your fault. And don't judge yourself for the emotions. Feel the emotions. Embrace your emotions, whether it be uh, sadness, whether it be happiness, you know, embracing it all because there's nothing wrong with the emotions that you feel. It doesn't make you a bad mom or a bad, even a bad father. I don't want to just address the moms, but it's, it doesn't even make you, it doesn't make you a bad person. Like when I pray for my, for God to touch my boys, that doesn't make me a horrible parent. That doesn't mean I don't love my children. If anything, that means I love them enough to still bring them, you know, and keep them in my prayers and have faith that maybe, you know, a miracle can happen if it's in God's will. So uh, take care of yourself. Uh, don't judge yourself and, you know, really learn to figure out what's a priority and baby yeah. steps. It doesn't happen overnight. My knowledge um, as a, as a special needs parent did not happen overnight. And I had many epic fails <laughs> that I could probably share, but we yeah. were all night, um, <laughs> many fails. You learn as you go and you know, it's going to be okay. It's, it's all going to be okay. If you love your child and if you are willing to learn, you know, if you're willing to, to grow with your child, then everything's going to be okay because you have all of the fundamental basics it takes to make it in this journey. So that's amazing. 
Oh, so well said. You're so good. You're so good. <laughs> uh, uh, Sister Becky says, that's right. We can't put conditions on God depending on what we want from him. And, you know, it's so easy to fall into that mold, especially in situations where it was like, but God, I, I think I'm doing better and I'm doing this and I'm this and the other. So do, I deserve a little this or a miracle or a healing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so easy for us to get caught up on that. Um, oh, hey, Chris. Chris says, I can relate. My youngest daughter was diagnosed as developmental, developmental delayed um, when she was 10 months old. From the age of 10 months, two and a half years old, she received physical speech and occupational therapy. Her therapy sessions were four times a week. Later on, she was diagnosed with Costello syndrome, which explained why she was delayed in so many areas. Ah, oh, Crystal. Mm. Um, yes, Crystal. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, and Crystal, you're talking about essence, right? Um, so yeah, so Crystal um, can definitely, definitely relate to your situation, Carolyn. <clears throat> definitely, I, I definitely remember when when Crystal had essence and the battle that it, I'm sure it has been for her as well. Um, so yes, okay, that's what I, I figured you were talking about. Okay, yeah. Um, so Crystal, like you also feel free to to drop in the comments any any. Um, any questions, comments, concerns, anything you'd like to share as well? Um, yeah. And if you have any questions for Carolyn, et cetera, et cetera, because um, this isn't just, you know, her children, but she also does this professionally as well. So if you need a little something or want to ask her, feel free to ask. Um, I'm glad you guys, you moms who also have special needs children are tuning in. That is amazing. Um, so Carolyn, is there anything else on that topic that you would like to share about embracing what is? Um, really, I, not really a story, but just some, some things that, that I've learned, um, over the years, because as you, with just, uh, my boys and other things in my life that, you know, as somebody that have for a long time loved control, that was my safety net. Um, not only, um, not only because of some trauma that I uh, obviously endured, um, in my early, you know, early in my life, but just, you know, I really put a lot of pressure on trying to control every aspect of my life. And so my boys was, were one example where, um, even though I didn't acknowledge God at that time, God was like, yeah, you, you think you're in control, like watch this, but, um, <laughs> right. Uh, but just me as a, as a, even as an, even as an individual, just learning that, you know, we all go through trials. And one thing that I I've heard people really say the most, you know, in conversations is, you know, well, why me? Well, I guess I, I kind of play devil's advocate in a way. And why not? You know, that I've learned more through the storms and the bad times that I've gone through than I've learned in the good times. And now, you know, if anything, I've learned to appreciate the good times even more uh, because of, you know, the struggles that I've had to go through. And um, there's one uh, quote that I shared with you earlier that, that I want to share. And it's avoidance is just prolonged suffering disguised as safety. I don't know the author of that, but I really you know, we can, we, we can spend so much energy avoiding, you know, things that either it could be stressors or just situations that we, we feel, um, you know, really held by, you know, it's kind of, 
It's just this, it's just, it's almost like it's built into us as humans. And I know for me, it really is. I do not like being uncomfortable. Um, I deal with uh, anxiety and things like that. And so for a while I try to, once again, I try to control and I, I really limited myself on, you know, I almost became like a hermit crab <laughs> because I didn't want to be overwhelmed or things like that. And it was, it felt like safety, but it was unrealistic. It was unattainable. I was, you know, I was living in this unrealistic world and, um, you know, I've really, even my anxiety, I've come to embrace it. And I know some people might be like, well, how, how do you have, how are you a Christian? You have anxiety. Well, right. I, I don't, I don't know. Take it up with the big man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, even with my children, um, you know, I've really changed my perspective. Instead of running and hiding, I've learned to really just embrace anything. Now, that does not mean, because I know it sounds very cliche and it sounds like, uh, what is it, wishful thinking. It's really not. Leslie, you know me. I, I'm really not. <laughs> I'm, yeah. really, I'm not. I'm very real. Um, but there is so much freedom when you stop trying to fight it. Whoa, whoa. There, there, there really is. There's just so much freedom when you, when you realize that it's, it's one, it's not, it's not your fight. You know, as, as a Christian believer, um, you know, I used to spend so much energy trying to control every little aspect and anytime uh, something would come up, I would immediately, instead of immediately going to God with it, I would immediately try to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to fix this? Or what do I need to do to get this done? And I was, I wore myself out. I, I, I really burned myself out trying to be, be my own God, to be my own savior. And I still called myself a Christian. And so, you know, so really it was, having that honest conversation with not only God, but myself and saying, you know, why, why, why am I fighting all this? And so once I learned to just, you know, stop fighting it, um, I can't believe, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I think it was, um, it was something, it was a documentary I was watching about being caught in, you know, uh, being in water. You know, when you're at the beach, it's you can wear yourself out trying to fight against the waves. Truth. If you're trying Truth. to if you're trying to swim against the current, <laughs> you're going to wear yourself out. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's really what I felt like I I was doing. And so just giving God the throne, and in all aspects of my life, not just when I went to church on Sundays, not just you know when I was teaching the youth, but really giving it to him. And, you know, again, there, it's just, it's, I'm telling you, it's such a freedom when you, when you realize that you don't have to, um, when you don't have to fight it, it it's, if you, when you, and that really is the true essence of embracing it instead of fighting it, just embracing it. Now that's not saying you can't be um, active and you can't do stuff, but realizing at the end of the day, you know, God's got it. He's got it. 
I see you nailed it. Like when you said like controlling it, because that's what it comes down to. That's why we can't embrace what is. It's because we're often so consumed with trying to control the narrative, control the situation, control the outcome. Lord, no, this is not what I picture, God. I know I prayed and said your will be done, but <laughs> to the extent of, you know, you're allowing my will to be inserted. Yo. So then he's like, you know, you prayed for my will to be done. And so a lot of times when it comes to that, we have a hard time embracing and accepting that because of the fact that we want to control the outcome. We want to control the narrative. We want our situation mm -hmm. to change. And, you know, it almost kind of we get into that mindset of entitlement where we feel like we don't deserve this. I mean, I know I've messed up a lot of my life, Lord, but I'm doing better now. I'm a good Christian, you know, <laughs> type of thing. So, Lord, I kind of have to, like, deal with all this. Lord, so I'm just I, like, I have definitely had some moments like that where uh, it's almost like, you know, I, I always say that God is the ultimate parent because there are times where I'm saying things to my kids and I'm like, God, this is probably exactly how you feel, you know, when you're dealing with me sometimes, like, stop it, stop throwing your fit. Because I, one thing I always, uh, statement I always tell my kids is, um, when they're throwing a fit because they want something, I always look at them and say, do you get what you want by crying? And they'll go, no, then why do it? And so I'm sometimes I envision God probably saying the same thing to me. Like, do you get what you want by crying? No. <laughs> well, then why are you doing it? I love that. That's such a good way to put it. It's like when you accept what I told you to do, you'll be all right. Just like with parents, when I look, I told you. If you accept what I said, you'd be all right, you know, yeah. but it's very difficult, especially when you feel like you finally got yourself together, God, like, Lord, I'm, I'm serving you. I'm choosing to live my life, the righteousness before you, Lord. And yet still I have to deal. But you know right. what, though, uh, I want to know who started the rumor that once you became a Christian, everything gets easier. <laughs> because it, that I feel like sets us up for a little bit for failure. Just a tad. Because I, I did see when I was when I backslid and, you know, I was out in the world or whatever terminology you want to put on it. I, I dealt with trouble. OK, it was I did not live an easy life. The difference was, is that I was I, um, I was kind of the best way I, I can describe it is I was living in an illusion. You Whoa, know, I, yes. I thought I was doing all of the, you know, different bad things and, um, you know, not living the way I should have lived and things like that. And I thought it was enjoyment. So living in that, you know, when they say um, ignorance is bliss, it, it truly is. It, it really is. Bliss. <laughs> ignorance is bliss. But once God pulled me out of it, and I look back now, I can be like, oh, man, I was I was a mess. <laughs> and like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking doing all those things? And, you know, of course, when I started, when I got, um, when I came back to God and, you know, started living my life for him again, that didn't make my life easier. Yeah. And I remember um, talking to uh, my pastor which shout out to pastor and sister Campo. I love you guys. Um, <laughs> um, I, I kind of chuckled because I embrace, I embrace uh, my life with, with humor and sarcasm and a whole lot of laughter. And when I'm nervous, it, it makes it worse. <laughs> and well, you know, I love that part. So. 
And I kind of laughed because I was going through a really hard time and I felt really overwhelmed. And for a moment, it kind of dawned on me and I started laughing and I was like, oh, the devil's going to hate me. I was like, because I realized in that moment, the enemy doesn't mess with you if you're not a threat. Why? He, he doesn't, he's not going to, if you're living for God and you feel like you're resistance. Now I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, because not everything is the devil's fault. Okay. It's not the enemy. It's not an attack from the enemy. You know, sometimes we got to be accountable for ourselves. Just saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, if, if you are dealing with things, that is a sign that you are on the path to where God wants you to be. Because even the Bible says that you go, you know, to be, to be joyful in your trials because he is molding you for something. So that means there's good things ahead. So really with taking that, um, really that's kind of, you know, become my, um, motto. I'm just like, all right, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, I, got a good, I got a God who's bigger than me. What is it? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So try, yeah. I mean, literally, like you messing with God. So he said, those who offend the least to my little ones, it's better than yep. a millstone be hung around their neck and they be cast in the depths of the sea. So yeah. I mean, right. really, yeah. I mean, really, when we, when we embrace that, there is, we are all going to go, we're all going to struggle at some point in our lives. What really makes the difference is, your 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 approach to it how you are going to really look at it your outlook at it you know and you know for many area times in my life i could have been a victim i could have identified as a victim but i decided i was going to be a victor i did Woo. not want to be a victim okay, you know say that <laughs> we're gonna preach tonight leslie oh my goodness <laughs> You know, I want, I I don't want to waste my time on this earth, which is a very short time. I don't want to waste it focusing on the negative and focusing on the bad. I want to focus on the good and I want to do what God has called me to do, but I want my, I want to provide, you know, live a good life. I want to be able to enjoy life. And, you know, again, I can't avoid, I can't, I have no control over what tomorrow brings. We don't, none of us do. But I can wake up every morning with the determination that, you know what, I'm going to have a good day. Yeah. Somebody might cut, cut me off on 95 because <laughs> you know they do. Yes. But you know what, that even that little moment does not, turn, you know, does not I, make up my entire day. It's so it's, true. Yeah. Uh, June says, yes, we tell him all our good ideas and ignore the God ideas. Yes, wow, that's a good one, June. Yes, we're always talking about what's a good idea, a good idea, but is it a God idea? I love that, June. Love it. Um, she also said, yes, I think that it's a good idea to eat all the candy, but that definitely ain't God's idea <laughs> of what's good for me. <laughs> yes. Well said. <laughs> exactly. Sister Becky says, I can't say the road's been easy, but it's worth it all. That's right, Sister Becky, 100%. It is definitely worth it all. Um, oh, and hi, Darlene. I see you there. Um, Sister Campo says, I've got a God that's bigger than me. That's 100% right. Yeah. <laughs> 100% right. Well, Carolyn, do you have any final comments, concerns, anything you would like to share? Oh, girl, I don't even know. I mean, really... I just want to leave with everybody. Um, I hope that I provided some encouragement, if not some comedic laughter. 
Um, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of sunshine on everybody's day. Um, really, I just want to leave that, you know, God sees you exactly where you are, no matter where you are on your journey. And it doesn't matter if you're going through an easy time. It doesn't matter if you're going through a rough time. God sees and knows exactly where you are. And if you just trust him, I know last week um, we talked, they, you know, you guys talked about walking in faith, which was again, powerful. I did not, you did not tell me we had to prepare an altar call. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It <laughs> was. We were having a meet. We were having a come to Jesus meeting, and I, I loved it. every bit of it. I loved it. Um, I was like, man, Leslie set me up. How am I supposed to <laughs> do that? Stop. <laughs> but, but God, God does know exactly where you are, and you, you know, just embrace it. Don't, don't try to fight it, because. Or if you, I'll say it like this. If you're going to fight it, fight the right things and Whoa. fight it for the right reasons. <laughs> okay. You know, we're, we all go through troubled times. You're not alone. And, you know, reach out to somebody. I got my girl, Leslie, here that, well, she's on the other side. Leslie. <laughs> I'm hugging you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, find those few people that you can confide in. And uh, just know, uh, actually, I see Sister Becky said, yes, his mercies are new every day. Yes. And so just, you know, take each day at a time, one day at a time, one step at a time. You don't have to figure out everything overnight. Uh, one thing I, I taught my youth not too long ago is it doesn't matter the what, the who, or the situation or anything like that. What matters the most is you know who God is. That's right. Who God is. And, and he's got it all in control. And once you embrace that, you're going to realize that it's a lot easier to get through those, those tough times. It's not it's all on true. you. So that it's would be so my true. imparting wisdom. <laughs> well, Sister Becky said, great job. Oh, thank you, Sister and Becky. And Crystal said, thank you for your encouraging words. Um, And welcome. then, yes, well, that is legit. I think all our comments. Well, thank you all for joining us, everybody. Um, And I hope to see you all next week. Um, we're going to say goodbye to Carolyn. Thank you so much. Bye. Carolyn. <laughs> um, isn't she awesome? I just love her. She's so humble in her situation and dealing with all that she deals with. And there's so much she didn't even get a chance to share because we were running out of time, but I'm telling you, you guys literally, I think she should write a book one day. I'm going to have to tell her that because you would be surprised at what she deals with, but yet, and still trust God. And she has faith, but tune in next week. We have special guests next week, Sierra flowers, who's going to be telling about her story that she literally guys went through several rounds of infertility. She had several miscarriages, several things. And when she gave up on it all, she had her miracle baby. So she's going to talk about that next week. She's going to come and share her story. So guys, I'm telling you, this series is already blessing me and I hope it's blessing you. Again, the series is called The Storm That Built My Story. It's, it's lit, y'all. This is lit. I mean, I'm telling you, I said four Mondays, but I think we're going to have to push this out a little bit more. Get some more people in here sharing their stories because, hey, we overcome by the word of our testimonies. And when your testimony is edifying, we can all lean and glean from it, right? We lean on it and glean from it. By the way, if you've missed parts of this or if you know someone who needs to see this, uh, tell them to catch the replay on YouTube at www.leslierobcomedy.com. And if they're like, look, anybody got time to sit and watch that? 
Well, how about this? When you're in the car, listening to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, even though it's on every major podcast network, this is these are the two main ones that most people listen to. So these are the only ones I put on there. But you know, it's on all the podcast places. I'm just saying. Either way, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. And like I said, we hope you guys are getting something from this that you're gleaning and leaning um, on these guests who are so amazing and they're you know visiting that place of vulnerability and are so courageous in sharing their stories. So again, tune in next week for Sierra Flowers. It's gonna be lit. Okay, season three, episode, I can't remember, is out.